Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak your word to us. That we would hear your word and it would bear fruit in our lives, all to your honor and glory. In Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen. Children, if you haven't already, I invite you to head to the back to your class through those back doors. There are many parts to being life-affirming. Certainly, it means valuing and protecting life from the point of conception. Real human life, made in God's image, begins at conception and thus must be protected. It means standing against euthanasia and assisted suicide, recognizing that life is sacred. It also means supporting and doing everything that we can in order to care and provide for those who need it. As it has been very, I think, appropriately noted, being pro-life must mean more than simply being pro-birth. There's a lot more to life than just birth. And those who value life need to be actively pro-life in all of its various dimensions. Every life is created by God. Every human life is made for giving praise to our Lord. Every human life is knit together by God in a mother's womb. And every human life is precious and deserving of honor and care. So there are many directions that we could go together on this Sanctity of Life Sunday. But this morning I want to narrow it down on one aspect that is especially important to me and my family. An aspect that honestly I hadn't really given a lot of thought to most of my life. But now I'm aware of it every single day. And it has changed my life forever. This morning on Sanctity of Life Sunday we're going to look together at one incredibly important aspect of being pro-life. Adoption. As we take seriously the inherent value of human life made in God's image, one piece of that is then caring for and welcoming into families children who need a place to live and thrive. As Christians, we should care deeply about adoption. Now, I don't want to over-spiritualize this and make it all about our adoption into God's family in Christ. <clears throat> I want us to remember this is a real physical issue. There are real children in this physical world who need homes and families. This is concrete love in action that's needed. While at the same time, it is also a physical manifestation and representation of our spiritual adoption into God's family. So this morning I want to share with you a little bit of my story, while at the same time using this to point all of us toward the deep spiritual reality of our own status in Christ as being God's adopted children, and giving us personal and practical ways that we can respond. So if you would, turn with me to Isaiah 62, which was read this morning. If you'd like to follow along in the Red Bibles in front of you, it's page 621. Isaiah 62, page 621 in the Red Bibles in front of you. 
And so we'll see in Isaiah 62 two things concerning adopting children and also our adoption into God's family as his beloved children. The two things that we see here. First, in adoption, we are given a new name. Look with me at verse 2. God speaks to his people and he says, The nations shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. In July 2017, my wife and I traveled to China to meet for the first time our then almost eight-year-old daughter. Now, we had been preparing for this day for about a year or more, applying, doing home studies, fundraising for this process that costs tens of thousands of dollars, reading and learning about a special kind of parenting, painting a bedroom, and then discovering we should do a different color, so we painted it a different color, buying little girl clothes, preparing our son to have a big sister. And then in July of 2017, we headed to China. We had never met Lydia before. But then on a Monday in July on the street of China, we met her face to face for the first time. I'm going to do my very best not to cry. And from that moment on, she was with us. Everything became legal and official over the next few days. But the way the trip was organized is we spent about a week in the province that she's from, doing all sorts of legal visits and boring paperwork and such. But then we flew to southern China, to the U.S. consulate in Guangzhou, for the final step of the, of the process. And as we prepared to fly out, as we prepared to leave her home province, which she had never done in her life, we had our translator help explain to her at that point that mommy and daddy wanted to give her a new name. Now, we didn't know if she was going to want an American name or if she was going to want to go by her Chinese name, but we decided for a variety of reasons. We wanted her to have an American first name and then keep her Chinese name as her middle name, not knowing which she'd want to go by, but for uh, simplicity's sake for the rest of her life, having an American first name would help her. But the minute... She was told that she was being given a new name, Lydia. She grabbed onto that and loved it. Just a few minutes later, someone sort of naturally called her by the name that they'd known her by for a while, called her her Chinese name, Wenqi, and she immediately corrected them and said with now the third English word she knew, Lydia. Now, not everyone wants a new name, nor should they. And if Lydia had wanted to go by, continue to go by her Chinese name, Wenxi, we would have honored that, and that's what she would be called. But she was becoming a Guernsey, nonetheless. See, she had a new name, and she was now officially part of the family. And there are millions more who need families. Not so that families can have children, but so children can have families. 
Being pro-life means that we, as the church, need to go out of our way to care for and show love to children who need families. For some, that will be adoption. And I hope that thousands of Christian families will open their lives and open their hearts to foster and adopt children who need it. For others, it means giving financially to support those who are adopting. Often, adopting a child costs between $25,000 and $45,000. We can support others who are adopting by helping fund that expense. We can support Christian pregnancy resource centers and other organizations that help place children in homes that need it. We can support families who have adopted and support children who have been adopted. When we brought our daughter Lydia home, uh, part of her process was we needed to keep her at home a lot. We needed to uh, stay very close to home, keep her world small, so that she would have the opportunity to bond and learn how to bond with her family. And that's an essential time, especially in her situation with that sort of adoption. And so we had people uh, in the church where we were at the time, we had people helping do all sorts of things like go grocery shopping and run errands and things like that just so we could stay home and really, as I said, keep her world small. Even for those who should not or cannot adopt, there are ways that our pro-life stance can be lived out to support the life-changing ministry of adoption. In adoption... My daughter, Lydia, was given a new name. But the Bible teaches us that in Christ, we who trust in Jesus are all adopted into God's family. When we trust in Jesus, in his death and resurrection for us, we receive his gift of forgiveness through faith. The Bible teaches us that we, you and I, are then adopted by God into God's family. As it says in John chapter 1, to all who did receive Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but born of God. That is, we are not God's children naturally. But when we receive Jesus in faith, we become children of God. We are adopted by our Heavenly Father. We're given a new name. We become Christians. We bear the name of Christ. We are adopted and welcomed into His family and given the family name. I want to show you another picture of adoption. I told you I wasn't going to cry. On January 14 last year, uh, this adoption took place. This is the day that my daughter Lydia was formally adopted into God's family at her baptism. And I will say that Lydia's adoption that day was far more significant than the one when she became a Guernsey. That's the day that God publicly put his stamp on her, marking her as Christ's own forever. See, God in his good pleasure ordained from the beginning of the world 
that this precious little girl would be born in China, that she would be born into a Muslim tribe, that she would be born blind. And he worked all of her life situations that led her to need to be adopted. And in his good pleasure, from the beginning of the world, he called an unequipped, silly American couple to become her parents. And I am convinced that the primary reason for all of that is because God wanted so badly, as it says in verse 2, God wanted so badly to give her a new name. I want that one to give me praise, he says. I want that one to be a young woman of prayer. I want that one to bear my name, Christian. My people, my church will be incomplete without that one, God said. Friend, God our Heavenly Father says that about you. God says over you, I want that one to give me praise. I want that one to know the reason that he or she was made. I want that one to bear my name. I want that one to be part of my family and my church will be incomplete without you, God says. That is what God says over you. Your life is sacred too. And that is why God became incarnate, became one of us in Jesus. That is why he died for you and rose from the dead, defeating sin and death and anything else the enemy could throw at him for you. Because he wants you to know him as father. He wants you to be his adopted daughter and son. If you're here today and you do not know the forgiveness and the love and the new life and the astounding reality of being God's beloved adopted child, oh, I want that for you. To release control and to follow Jesus, to accept him as Lord of your life and the only one who can save you from your sin, to know the love and acceptance of God our Father who longs to adopt you as his son or daughter. If you have not accepted Jesus, I want to invite you to come talk to me after the service. I would love to talk with you more about following Jesus and trusting in him. Or maybe you have come to faith and trust in Jesus, but you've never been baptized. The public act of God formally putting his mark and seal on you, claiming you as a member of his family. If that's you, then I would love to talk with you about baptism and preparing for that. God longs to welcome you into his family, the church, giving you a new name, the very name of Christ our Savior, declaring to you and to the world that you are part of the family of God through faith in Christ. Friends, in adoption, we are given a new name. And we are welcomed into God's family. Second, very briefly, in adoption, we become God's delight. Look at verse 4. 
You shall no longer be termed forsaken, and your land shall no more be termed desolate. But you shall be called, my delight is in her, for the Lord delights in you. God's promise to his people is that in Christ we are no longer forsaken, but we become the delight of God. In my experience in adopting Lydia, I had an interesting thing happen. Not all adoptive parents have this experience. But for me, I felt very little for Lydia as we saw pictures of her at first. For me, it wasn't an emotional experience at first. I did not have what many adoptive parents have. Is this? I did not have this overwhelming sense that this is my daughter when I first saw pictures of her. For me, that came later. For me, it was when we submitted our official documentation saying that we were ready to adopt her. For me, it was the act of saying yes that suddenly changed my heart and completely changed the situation so that now this little girl became her daddy's delight. Prior to that, she was just a picture. But now, she was the delight of her father. There are millions of children, thousands in our state, who have never had the experience of getting to be their mother or father's delight. There are millions and millions around the world, many of whom live in our neighborhoods and even in our own homes, who have never experienced being our heavenly father's delight. But in Christ, we become God's delight. We are no longer far off or forsaken, but we are delighted in by our Heavenly Father. That does not mean that we have it all together. Amen? That does not mean that our lives look great. But God in His mercy looks on us in Christ with love. And welcome. Now on this Sanctity of Life Sunday, I want to speak directly to a portion here. In a congregation this size, it is likely, if not almost certain, that some here have personally had or personally encouraged others to have abortions. If, if we as a congregation are living out our calling to reach those who do not already know Jesus, we should expect people to come in our doors and be a part of the worshiping life of our church who have not followed Jesus their whole lives. We should expect people to be coming in who have backgrounds that look different than they look after coming to know the Lord and being transformed by his loving power. So I want to speak directly to you for a moment. If you're here today and you have had an abortion or encouraged others to have one, I want you to know that in Jesus, your sin is forgiven. And that in Christ, you are God's delight. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
And if that is part of your story, then I want you to hear very clearly that there is forgiveness in Jesus and nothing in your life is too big for Jesus' love to reach you. In Jesus, we are adopted into God's family and we are given a new name and we become our Heavenly Father's delight. So on this Sanctity of Life Sunday, we remember that all human life is precious to God. All human beings are made in God's image and are therefore worth protecting. And God, entirely in His gracious, loving kindness and mercy, chooses to make the way possible for you and for me to be saved. In love, He adopts us into His family through what Jesus does for us on the cross. In love, He welcomes us into His family, forgives us of our sins, and adopts us as His own beloved children, which we receive in faith. We become the delight of our Heavenly Father. Welcomed, forgiven, beloved. So may we as followers of Jesus value and support adoption. Welcoming children who need it into loving families and supporting those who are able to do that. And also looking with great joy and awe at our Heavenly Father who has loved us and adopted us in Christ to become His beloved daughters and sons. Amen.